Part 8 of Descriptive Analyses of Piano Works by Edward Baxter Perry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Rubinstein, 1830-1894 Rubinstein, Barcarolle in G Major Strictly speaking, the Barcarolle is an Italian boat song, Barca being the Italian word for boat. But in musical terminology it has been localized and signifies distinctly a Neapolitan boat song associated as exclusively with the Vesuvian Bay as is the gondoliera with the lagoons and canals of Venice. In each case it is a song of the local boatman, sung to the rhythmical accompaniment of the swinging oar, and enhanced in poetic charm by the beauty and romantic atmosphere of the surroundings. In each case, also, it has served as a suggestive and grateful artistic subject for musical treatment, used by nearly all the modern composers, great and small, one which is particularly suited to the pianoforte and facilely adapted to its characteristic resources. In many respects, the basarole in this, its idealized form, as a musical artwork, closely resembles the gondoliera, similarly developed, for instance, in its graceful 6-8 rhythm, its gliding, swaying, boat-like movement, its suggestions of dipping oar and rippling water, and in its sustained song-like melody which you may easily consider as representing the voice of the boatman. These descriptive elements are common to all works of both classes, but the characteristic mood of the typical barcarolle is less tender and passionate, more cheery and fanciful than that of the gondoliera. It has less of the human element, more of the sea in its slumbering mystery, less of the lover's sigh, and more of the half-seen witchery of sea sprites and mermaids in the clear depths of the inverted sky beneath. To appreciate this mood to the full, one must have drifted with suspended oars on a small boat upon the far-famed bay of Naples, just as evening fell, with the lofty banner of blue-black smoke waving majestically above the summit of Vesuvius in the distance like the pennon of some mighty earth giant. An ominous reminder of his terrible, though slumberous power, with the city rising in the background, terrace on terrace, from the water's edge to the stern old ducal castle which crowns the height and looms dark and forbiddingly against the sky, a memory in stone, with a fairy island of Capri lying to seaward, and the cool breath of the Mediterranean filling the sails of the countless fishing boats gliding shoreward, while the boatmen sing to the subdued accompaniment of the evening chimes, softened by distance. Seen at midday from the height, under the glare and scorch of the noonday sun, with the discordant jangling sounds of busy life rising harshly to one, like the cries from some pit of torment, Naples seems hell, but the evening hour, viewed from the bay, it is a veritable dream of heaven. No one has caught and embodied in music the mood and scene of this hour, with its caressing coolness, its murmuring ripples, whispering secrets of other days like Rubenstein, though many have attempted it with more or less success. Of his five barcarolles, all beautiful and characteristic, the most faultlessly typical seems to me the one in G major, which I have selected for special mention. This is not only one of the most graceful and characteristic, as well as most perfect in form and finish, but also decidedly the most realistic of the five. The rhythmic play of the oars, the undulating movement of the boat, and the constant splash of the water are all vividly suggested. And the melody of the boatman's song, original with Rubenstein, is very appropriate and typical, heard in intermittent fragments as if sung fitfully in broken snatches. Chords accompanying the melody should be given lightly, though in nearly strict time, in regular rhythmic pulsations, but with a broken arpeggio effect, 
may well coincide with the representation of rippling water, which idea is to be kept in mind. The passages in double thirds, which form the principal difficulty of the work, must be rendered with the utmost smoothness and delicacy. It is a good plan to begin each passage with a very low and extremely loose wrist, raising it gradually to quite high toward the middle of the run, and then lowering it as gradually and easily to the end. This ensures absolute flexibility and enhances the undulating effect. The following little verses by T. Buchanan Reed express exactly in words the mood of this barcarolle, and I never play it without thinking of them. My soul today is far away, adrift upon the Vesuvian Bay. My winged boat, a bird afloat, glides by the purple peaks remote. Across the rail my hand I trail within the shadow of the sail. With bliss intense, the cooling sense glides down my drowsy indolence. Rubenstein, Kamenoi Ostrov, number 22. Kamenoi Ostrov is the name of one of a group of islands situated in the Neva River, some miles below St. Petersburg. Ostrov being the Russian word for island, and Kamenoi the specific name for this particular island, signifying at once small and rocky. This island is a favourite pleasure resort, both winter and summer, for the wealthy and aristocratic classes of St. Petersburg. One of the imperial palaces is situated upon it, besides many cafes, dance halls, summer and winter concert gardens, and the like. In winter it is the objective point for countless gay sleighing parties, in which the lavish Russian nobles vie with each other in the display of elaborately decorated sledges, fine-blooded horses in glittering harness, and piles of almost priceless furs. At this time the highway to and from the island is the smooth, solid ice of the frozen river. In summer the transit is made by boat, and the gaiety is higher during those gorgeous summer nights, when the midnight sun, ever quite vanishing below the southern horizon, floods the scene with its wondrous mystical light, unlike either moonlight or the ordinary light of day, but described by enthusiastic beholders as possessing a peculiar magical charm wholly its own, and scarcely to be imagined by those who have never witnessed it. Rubinstein, who spent many years of his later life in St. Petersburg, was naturally a frequent visitor at Kamenoi Ostrov. In fact, on several occasions he spent a number of weeks consecutively in one of its summer hotels, and became very familiar with all phases of gaiety at this festive resort, and well acquainted with most of its habitues. His set of twenty-four pieces for piano entitled Kamenoi Ostrov is a series of tone sketches suggested by and representing various scenes and personages which his sojourn there brought within his experience. Number 22, which is probably the best of the set, and certainly the most widely known, is intended as the musical portrait of a lady, Mademoiselle Anna de Friedeborg, a personal acquaintance of Rubenstein, to whom the composition is dedicated. It is a portrait drawn in tender, yet glowing tints against the soft background of the summer night, outlining, however, the spiritual rather than the physical charms and characteristics of the lady, affording us a conception of her individuality, as well as the mood of the surroundings. The first and principal subject, a slow and song-like lyric melody enunciated by the left hand with its peculiarly warm and mellow character, reminding one in colour and quality of the tone of the G-string on the violin, is intended to suggest the personality of the lady, or perhaps more strictly, the emotional impression which this personality produced upon the composer, while the delicate vibratory accompaniment of the right hand indicates the poetic setting or background, the luminous midsummer night in one of those island pleasure gardens, the weird light quivering down through tremulous leaves, 
the mingled scent of flowers and faint sea breezes, the hum of summer insects, and the whisper of the reeds stirred by the lazily flowing river. Upon the dreamful hush of this audible silence sounds clear, but sweet and silvery, the little bell of a Greek Catholic chapel, not far distant, calling to midnight mass and ringing out at regular intervals with soft persistency through the whole of the second strain or movement. Below and subordinate to it is heard a curious series of colloquial phrases of melody, subdued and fitful, like the fragments of a murmured conversation, as if a low and interrupted dialogue were taking place. Then the full rich chords of the organ roll out upon the quiet night, flooding it at once with ample waves of grave, solemn harmony. This is followed by a brief passage of recitative in single notes, suggesting the voice of the priest intoning the service within the chapel. It is said to be an exact reproduction, note for note, of a fragment of a very ancient Hebrew music, once forming a part of the religious exercises of the Jews, and long ago incorporated into the Greek Catholic service. Then comes an effective, but seemingly irrelevant, cadenza in double arpeggios, which, though pleasing, has no apparent connection either with the subject or the mood of the rest of the composition, but which serves indifferently well as a means of leading back to the first theme, presented this time with full-flowing accompaniment and a more impassioned guise as if to indicate the deeper, more intensified emotions developed by the romantic scene and poetic surroundings. The composition closes with a momentary return of the little conversational strain, merely suggested and only just audible this time, like whispered words of farewell, and then a few quiet chords of the organ, lingering and slowly fading into the silence as a pleasant memory reluctantly dissolves into slumber. End of part eight.